Welcome to another fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your surely on the Twitter in the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download this Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, you can catch our other live shows that airs throughout the week. So you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can always follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you like our program, you want to catch us on our podcast version, you can do so by subscribing to War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in, in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And while you're at it, just please, 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 please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms. Once again, at War Media on all social media platforms. W-A-R-R Media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions doing our two-hour live extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decided to troll and or do something silly or stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to feel and be a boot. Bye-bye. I love what she says that. <laughs> but before we continue, we must remind you that you also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's why right. so celebrate with the squad, give the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download Sports on Chicago. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have a bunch of handheld handheld devices laying around iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal PC like Lakina's using right now, or your Chromebook like I'm using right now. Just download, go to the Google Play Store and download their Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and give with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anywhere and any everywhere, you know, you can listen to us and watch us anytime you want, whether it's now, you know, new time. I know it's a little rainy here in this area. I know it's been, you know, crazy weather all over uh, most parts out west in the last few uh, weeks. So you guys can kind of check us out if you want to, you know, to kind of kill some time, whether it's, you know, now or at three or in the morning. So we're going to get right to it. And, you know, we have a busy show ahead here on Second City Sports. You know, our, our last digital old school TV Monday, Black History Edition. We'll get to, you know, a show that you guys will know and love in just a little mm-hmm. bit. But right now we're going to do our basketball power hour. We're going to start with the Bulls and uh, look, Pat Beverly. You know, I know you people want to, you know, I know people want to say you should be running for mayor and our mayoral elections are here uh, tomorrow. <laughs> here, but, uh, you know, but even still, I mean, you tell that, you know, this he kind of has given a spark to this team. He, you know, they had no trouble against Brooklyn. We'll get to that game in a second. But mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, they had a solid showing against the Wizards. You know, they've been the they and the Wizards have been you know playing back and forth and had some you know good battles and such. I know they were out without uh, Chris Porzingis. You know, I know they're talking about the Wizards, but 
and they showed a little bit of that same Bulls team. You know, so, you know back to bad habits. They were only eight for twenty from three, but they went on a little bit of a run. They outscored the Wizards twenty eight to fifteen, and but you can tell that there's definitely more energy, more excitement with this team. I mean, DeRozan had twenty nine points. Uh, Zach led the way with uh, uh, also you know, we're with him with twenty seven. Uh, Vuce had another double double with you know sixteen and thirteen boards. I mean, look, I'm not going to say this team is going to make the playoffs, but they're still, like, right there in the thick of it. And you can tell that, yeah, yeah, Pat Bev only had, what, like, one assist in 26 minutes. But you know what? Hey, you can, but you can tell that, you know, he's definitely making a difference in this team, at least so far. Yeah, first, give him credit for bringing new life and injury to the scene. We talked about that on our last show on Friday. And you don't see it in the stat sheet, but you see it on the floor. You see it in the attitude with the rest of the guys. And when you have a presence like Pat Bev has and, and you use it in the right way, it trickles down to the rest of the roster and the coaching staff as well. Number two, give Billy Donovan credit for this for sticking with this starting lineup that, that you saw on Friday, last Friday against the Brooklyn Nets. You saw it again yesterday against the Washington Wizards, which they're now 2 0 since the All Star break. You have DeMar DeRozan and Nikolai Vucevic up front, and then you have a, a three guard rotation with Caruso, Patrick Beverly, and Zach Levine. Uh, that lineup was most effective. Yes, she's faced two subpar teams, but these are the games you're supposed to win, especially heading down the home stretch towards the end of the regular season. Something that this this team has been lacking all year. But I really want to talk about is Nikolai Vucevic. I know his stat line wasn't the greatest on Friday because the Bulls were blowing out the Nets, but he had a nice game yesterday with 16 points and 13 rebounds. You could tell looking if you watched him closely. And great job by Will Perdue on NBC Sports Chicago's Bulls posted game live show yesterday, and he said this. You could tell that Nikolai Vucevic is more involved in the office, not just because he's getting the ball in the right spots in the post, which we've been talking about all year. He's moving around. You can tell that Caruso and Pat Beverly are getting him more involved. He, he just needs the, a, a point guard to get him in the ball in the right spots. Uh, Vucevic is not just standing around looking for that open three-point shot. He's not just standing uh, on, on either side of the lane to get the ball. He's moving around, and his teammates are actually finding him. And once Vuce goes in a positive direction in terms of getting involved in the offense, the rest of that offense for the, for the Bulls, I believe, flows because the ball has to move. Because we talked about this last year too, Lakina. Whenever Zach or and or Demar has the ball, the team stands around. But whenever those two guys don't have the ball, you give Vucevic a ball. The offensive for the Bulls flows that's much better. Yeah, and also, too, uh, Kobe White has 17 points off the bench. including some big threes that kind of kick off that 28-15 uh, run in the fourth quarter. So that definitely helped them in, in, that, in that win against the uh, the Wizards. Now, going back to that uh, Nets game, I mean, like, I, I really did, I didn't watch too much of it because I, I thought that maybe the Bulls would get their revenge against the Nets. You know, they mm-hmm. they, they kind of betrayed all their guys. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah Booch only had 13 and 10, but he still had a, a double-double. Um, Zach, you know, Zach had 23 points. Uh, DeRozan has 17, but it was actually their bench guys. I mean, P. Will had 17 points off the bench. Daylon Terry, you know, who we didn't really haven't seen too much of, but yeah, he had 11 mm-hmm. off the bench. And look, some of that was garbage points too. Same thing here, but you know, I think you know the, the competence of it. They, the, these are teams of the Bulls. Just imagine how much of a better record the Bulls would have if they had beaten those these kind of teams like mm-hmm. the Wizards and the Nets and the Pacers and those types of teams. You can kind of tell that, you know, Pat Bev has, you know, definitely pushed this team, you know, had to kind of give the spark to this team, you know, let a fire under their rears. So, you know, you got to give them a little bit of credit for that. Now, again, can it keep up for the rest of the season? Who knows? Gets a little bit tougher for the Bulls this week, but I, I'm feeling pretty you know, good about this team right now. And I, 
excuse me, and I, and I feel like this they're starting to kind of turn the corner. We're finally seeing the you know the Bulls team that we expected to see earlier this season. I know they got a tough one tomorrow against the Raptors you know, in Toronto. I mean, they're very smart. That's a very smart and savvy team. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that game goes. But, yeah, I, I think, look, take it one game at a time. I know there's there's that, you know, tanking crowd that said, well, they should just go ahead and tank. That's not going to happen because you're seeing that some of the teams in the East are starting to kind of fall back to earth a little bit. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I think the Bulls are kind of like at a point where they can kind of make a little bit of a move and get to perhaps maybe even beyond that 10th seed in the East. Yeah, I agree with you, especially with their bench production. You mentioned Kobe White had a great weekend, and we talked about him on our last show as well. Like, you know, I was looking for these key guys to benefit from the expertise and the, and the energy of Pat Beverly. Kobe White was one of the names out throughout, and so Kobe White has been coming on even before Pat Bev was signed for the last few weeks. Uh, his production uh, in terms of points off the bench uh, has been phenomenal. I'm looking forward to to seeing Ayo Dusumun is one of the names I called out last Friday. I want to see his production go up. Uh, but Patrick Williams, I, I want to see his production. Can he take his game up another notch? I know sometimes he 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 gets on himself, and he, he said it at times uh, throughout the season that he uh, he thinks too much. He just, just doesn't react to go by his natural basketball abilities. I know he's 21 years old now, but some of the stuff he should be getting is starting to improve. And I want to see Patrick Williams improve um, from – from this day going forward until the end of the season. Yeah, like I said, I mean, with the schedule of Bulls have coming up, we'll get set to the NBA, the rest of the NBA, because it was a crazy uh, weekend in the NBA. But going through their schedule, we'll talk about the Bulls. Of course, I talked about they have Toronto tomorrow. Then they've got Detroit, you know, kind of like a two-game road sort of thing, back-to-back. So they should be able to win both of those games. I say they should. And after that, they have <laughs> – They should. Like I said, they should. Then they have, you know, Two back here at home. They got Friday, one Friday at Phoenix, uh, hosting Phoenix, I should say, and against uh, as they host uh, Indiana. Then they go at Denver and at Houston. Then they got a, then they host Sacramento again and Minnesota and Miami. We'll talk about that 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 last team I can talk about in a second. So they got a home and home against Philly. Then they have they got to go at Portland, at the Lakers, and at the Clippers. That little like you know West little mini West Coast trip. Then they have the Hornets. I mean, then they have uh, both the Clippers. And well, then, then they have LA again. And then they have uh, Charlotte. Then they have Memphis and Atlanta. So they kind of have an up and down scheduling. They have like the top, they're, they're scheduled in the top 10 of you know, strength in the NBA. So you wonder, like, can they kind of like, you know, turn the corner here and get there? But it'll have to wait to see. Just take, you guys got to take one game at a time. Yeah, so that's the only thing you can do. You can control what you could control right now. And like you said, Win those next two games against sub sub five hundred teams. That's something that you struggle to do your all year, and you're I believe you'll be two games below five hundred before you before you host Chris Paul and Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns on Friday. So this Bulls team has a chance to make a move. Right right now, it's just you have to prove it to to do it. So far, it, it looks good. Two and zero since the All Star break. Hopefully, they can keep it going. Absolutely. So you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports North Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, with you now. Let's go backwards for a second. Send the rest of the NBA. Sort of a lot of weird things, you know, exciting things, you know, depending on how you look at it, who you're a fan of. Well, let's start off uh, with yesterday's uh, games. We'll start with the Lakers and the Mavs. The Lakers were down, I think, what, 27 points at one point. Mm-hmm. And they were able to come back and beat the Mavs 111-108. I actually saw – I was turning back and forth from this game and another game. You know, we'll get to that when we get to – we'll talk about college. But AD mm-hmm. had 30 points. And uh, I know LeBron, you know – 
he said he felt something pop in his knee, but at least so far it doesn't look like it you know, has affected him too much. He had 28 points. This short has 16 points off the bench. So it looks like, it, you know, it it's starting to look like maybe just maybe Lakers are starting to turn a corner to themselves a little bit. I mean, most teams, you know, the Lakers probably would have just, you know, sort of slithered their way through and try mm-hmm. not to, you know, you know, freak out too much. But, you know, that's the largest comeback by a LeBron-led team in his career, which is insane. And I think it, I think they were like, I think they were like, oh, I think teams that were up by that many were like, oh, in like 148 or something like that. I might have the number. Th- yeah, 0 and 138 before 138 yesterday. 138 something, yeah, something like that before yesterday. So what the heck happened? I mean, I, did, did the Lakers finally wake up? And it, it wasn't like the Mavs were taking bad shots. It just weren't falling. So in a losing effort, Luka had uh, 26. You know, Kyrie had 21. Uh, they had a couple of guys up from the bench. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 17. Uh, Christian uh, Wood had 14. But that was really about it. One for the Lakers, AD did play like a madman yesterday. You mentioned on his office the numbers, 30 points, 15 rebounds. But he had a couple of blocks in there uh, as well, and he really stepped it up on the defensive end yesterday. But pay attention to these two names. Remember these two names uh, going forward. And these two guys uh, came in in that Utah trade with Russell Westbrook. I'm talking about Malik Beasley and Jerry Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt had 15 points yesterday. Mm -hmm. I know Malik Beasley only had eight. He had a great game the other night. With 25, but those type of supporting players would definitely help out AD and LeBron because we talked about it, Lakina, that LeBron James has been averaging over 32 and a half points per game uh, over the last month, month and a half or so, especially most of that because of Anthony Davis being out because of injuries. But if LeBron James and Anthony Davis both stay healthy and those supporting castmates uh, still keep up with their play on the on the, on the offensive end. It takes that, that much more pressure off of LeBron and AD. And also, too, on the defensive end, what about the player Mo Bamba? He was a joke in Orlando, not getting much playing time now. Since he's playing with LeBron James, his play's been going on tremendously. So he's making a big contribution as well. Big contributions from all that. Vanderbilt was the one that kind of led the, that comeback for uh, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that already, already, I mean, you're kind of seeing those, you know, utility guys. And I know Russell's, Russell didn't play. Uh, D'Angelo Rose, I should say, didn't play mm-hmm. uh, uh, yesterday, but you know we'll see if he can come back. It's not serious, you know, thankfully, but you know we'll see if he can come back this week or maybe in the next couple of weeks. So they're gonna really gonna need him if they need to step up now. Probably another big historical thing that happened late last night. If you guys had a chance to, uh, to stay up, was the Blazers beating uh, Houston one thirty one one fourteen? But that's not what I'm talking about. Dame Dollar had a career high seventy one points. And if you took the over, I guess, whatever the over was, I think, you know, you're feeling pretty good. We'll talk more about that just in, a, in a little bit after the break. But he actually scored 41 points in the first half. That That's tied for the second most by a player in the first half in the last 25 seasons. Of course, Kobe had 42 in 03, uh, March of 2003. Kyrie had 41 and also in March of 2022. Of course, you know, Dane did it last night. So he actually joins the only player in the history to with 60-plus points and 10-plus three-pointers. He had 11. He did that a few years ago. A few years ago, <laughs> as I just talked about. So yeah, just just a little bit, just a little bit crazy. So yeah, just an insane game. I, I got a chance to watch a little bit of this game too on this uh, lovely device here. And uh, what did you think about uh, this uh, day's performance uh, last night? Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch this game. I saw the highlights this morning. I watched another game, which we'll get to uh, after the break. But. Damian Lillard is one of the best electric uh, guards in this league. He, I can't believe he's been playing over a decade now since he came into the league so young. But uh, 
him, Steph Curry, uh, from the point guard position, they light it up uh, from long range, and, and he's been doing it his whole career. So it shouldn't be shocking that, that Dame Lillard has, is doing this, but uh, I thought he would have done this a few years ago, but from other reasons, that, that it didn't happen at the time. But uh, mm-hmm. he, when he gets going shooting like that, there's no one that, that could stop him. So uh, Damian Lillard is not a surprise that he's he's doing this, but hopefully that the Portland Trailblazers, for his sake and for his team's sake, they can – Stay, stay in the playing tournament race because he does have some nice young pieces over there. But uh, hopefully you can have other guys step in, step up because you don't want him to become another Luka Doncic. He has to carry the team and he has to take off of a couple of games because he's that much fatigued for carrying the team. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that because they're actually already a dog fighting that Western Conference in the play-in spot. So we'll see what happens there. Now we're going to take a really quick break. You know, more you know, craziness and more you know, great performances from this weekend in the NBA and also from college hoops too because we're mm-hmm. almost at March Madness in a couple of weeks. And uh, there were a lot of buzzer, beater, bu- buzzer beaters uh, the, you know, this past weekend, but also too some great performances and great games as well. So more who's talk coming up next. Lakina like McGee, Sydney Brown, College of Who's Talk coming up next. Second City Sports, right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, the last show for the month of February for us. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and accounts. We're getting the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left, left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you could do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on uh, YouTube page. So type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Continuing our basketball power hour, continuing our NBA discussion, we'll break down some of the key games from over the weekend. Let's continue with some of the action from yesterday as the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Phoenix Suns at Fight Surf Arena as part of their first game of the ABC doubleheader yesterday, 104 to 101. Giannis Antetokounmpo was injured on Friday against the Miami Heat. He did not play yesterday against the Phoenix Suns. Of course, Kevin Durant did not play yesterday against the, you know, against the Milwaukee Bucks. He'll make his Phoenix Suns debut Wednesday at Charlotte. Devin Booker had 26. Drew Holiday had 33 for Milwaukee. Lakina, it all, it all came down to the bases down the stretch. Milwaukee made the bigger plays than the Phoenix Suns did yesterday. Yeah, it's one of those games. I saw a little bit of this game. And look, Phoenix had their chances, but they were, uh, the Bucs weren't able to, you know, <laughs> well, they weren't able to take advantage of Giannis being out again. So that, you know, that kind of, you know, did not help them. And we'll see what happens once Kevin Durant makes his debut. Um, you know, later this week, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Bucks, you know, sort of show kind of why they're like one of the top teams in the East. You know, Drew Holiday had 33 uh points, uh, Brooke Lopez had 22 off the bench, and so 22 points, I should say. And then mm-hmm. they were one of the reasons why that they were able to kind of you know hang on late against the Bucks, I guess the Suns. I mean, it was nice to see DeAndre Aiden on the flip side for Phoenix 22 points, 11 rebounds. Yay! Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you hear me clap, but I'll do it one more time. Yeah, it was nice to see him on the positive side on the stat sheet, Lakina. Now if he could be that much more consistent, especially when Cameron Durant jumps into the lineup, Phoenix that will be that will be that much dangerous of a team. But then we all we all, we talked about his problems uh with, with head coach Monty Williams all summer from stemming from last year's playoffs. And hopefully that DeAndre Ayn can be motivated and stay consistent because Phoenix is that much more dangerous with him uh, being consistent down the uh, down the middle. Remember, it was him and Giannis had a great battle in the NBA Finals two years ago. Uh, he digressed during last year's playoffs, and so far this year, uh, it's been up and down. So hopefully he could benefit from Cameron Durant's presence when Durant makes his um, Phoenix debut in a Phoenix uniform on Wednesday at Charlotte. And also, Chris Paul and Devin Booker both had to stay healthy. That's going to be really the key. Now going to same with the uh, the game from uh, the early game from yesterday. Uh, uh, Trey Young hit a three-pointer at the buzzer to uh, help the – Help the Hawks beat the the Nets. You know it's been a been a tough last few uh, games for the Nets. One twenty nine, one twenty seven, and in that front, they you know, kind of try to keep pace. I talk about the, the Hawks trying to keep pace <laughs> in that playing spot. Uh, Sacramento they had a pretty interesting weekend. We'll get to them in a little that that in a little bit, but they did beat OKC one twenty four, one fifteen. De'Aaron Fox had thirty three points. 
leading the way for the Kings in that game. Golden State with a, a nice win holding off uh, Minnesota. Clay Thompson had 32 points. This was a you know, this was uh, the game of the first game of that uh, the ESPN doubleheader, and we saw you know, what uh, Clay Thompson did. Sort of trying to hold down the floor now that with Steph still being out. You know, we don't know how long he'll be out. Could be another couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Who knows? But you know, that sort of like trying to keep these full. But a nice win for uh, the Warriors because they were down a little bit, but they were able to kind of get get going thanks to uh, Clay. Yeah, as we said before, Lakina, when Steph Curry went down again, it's, it's going to be about Draymond Green. I know he didn't play last night, but it's going to be about those veterans on the team, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson. Uh, what they're going to do is in terms of uh, having the sharing load of, of scoring. So you saw that last night. Minnesota is a miracle that they've been uh, around 500, especially due, due to the entries of Rudy Gobert and Car Anthony Towns. Anthony so Towns. Um, it's a miracle that they're hanging around 500 now. Will it stay that way at the end of the season? You need both those guys back healthy. If they can get those guys healthy in time, I think they can make the playing tournament. Right now, they're on life support. Absolutely. And there's a thing with the buzzer beater thing, too. So, uh, well, we'll see. You know, going back to the uh, Atlanta Brooklyn game, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later when we can talk about college hoops in a little bit. But uh, the, the nightcapper, you know, though, if you were watching uh, Dane just shooting lights out against Houston, uh, the Clippers in Denver. I mean, they had a nice, uh, a really good game. You know, they, they, you know, they, you know, the Clippers tied it, but then you know, Denver kicked up a notch uh, in the in overtime, one thirty four, one twenty four over uh, the Clippers. Uh, Jokic had well, forty points once again. I, you know, another, there's really nothing more you can say about uh, Jokic at this point his career. But at the same time, though, uh, with another triple-double, I should say. But at the same time, though, the Clippers, I mean, you thought that maybe they could kind of, they were starting to get this over with Westbrook. Westbrook had 17 points. Kawhi had 33. You know, PG had 23. But they just couldn't make the shots late to try to, you know, excuse me, keep pace with the Nuggets in, uh, in overtime. And also, too, uh, being outscored 35-22 to 22 to start the first quarter, that's not going to help either. Yes, they did get back in the game and, and eventually forced overtime, but Remember, we talked about uh, Zubach Lakina in the mm-hmm. addition to Mason from Mason Plumley from that tr- uh, trade with Reggie Jackson uh, a couple weeks ago. That was going to beef up the Clippers front line. So far, we haven't seen the defensive presence that we thought we were going to see from this Clippers team. We'll get to their to their game last Friday against Sacramento in just a moment, but I definitely didn't see that last night. You know that the Denver Nuggets one of the best high scoring teams in the league. You mentioned led by Jokic and Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. They could not stop them. They're, they're almost their play like always remind me of, about the Bulls, especially the Bulls' uh, interior defense. There was none of that last night. They let Denver uh, go up the lane and lay it up, and uh, it, it was embarrassing. Yeah, it was totally embarrassing. You just couldn't hit the shots late to kind of sustain that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they've got some problems over there at uh, the Clippers. We'll talk more about that. Now, going to Saturday's game, probably the game of the night was, uh, of course, the ABC game of Saturday game of the night. Uh, the Celtics beat uh, the Sixers 110-107. Uh, Tatum hit a, a hit a shot, which is a few seconds left. And, you know, Embiid, if he had just released the ball, like maybe a tenth of a second sooner, he had he held it off with like maybe as time was expired. But he mm-hmm. launched it. He launched it. You know, it did not count. It would have forced overtime, but it didn't count. I checked it like you know, three or four times. He just, you know, just yeah. just couldn't get it off in time. But yeah, that was a, a crazy game from start to finish. Yeah, if, looking at the Boston Celtics, they had balanced scoring nights just with Jason Tatum, who had 18 points in the eventual game winner. Yeah, Al Horford, who who owns Joel Embiid, by the way, throughout his uh, Embiid's career. Horford had 15 points and four rebounds. Also, so too, Jalen Brown. 
ended up with 26. Uh, he had a monster game. Marcus Smart, RP Tom Heisen, had 10 points, and also he had a, a couple of rebounds as well. He had a couple of key stops down the stretch as well. But looking on the flip side for Philadelphia, outside of Embiid and Harden, uh, those two guys didn't get help from anywhere else. You only had a combined 12 points from your bench. I'm talking about Philadelphia. That's not going to get it done, especially come playoff time. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah that, that's not going to be good. So uh, I think that's something that Doc's going to have to figure out. So that, that balance scoring, you need to kind of figure out after, outside of him beating Harden, who's going to kind of step up for mm-hmm. the Sixers and help those two out. So we'll see what happens uh, there. But uh, not really much going on. I mean, the Knicks beat the Knicks beat the, the Pelicans 128-106. Julius Randle had 28 points leading the way for the Knicks. Uh, the Pelicans are starting to struggle a little bit again. So but we'll see if they can kind of you know, keep it up. Now, going back to Friday's game, if you fell asleep, a, a, but then you took the over in Kane's Clippers, <laughs> had a very nice start to your weekend. A 176-175 double overtime win. No, that's not a typo, folks. That's the second highest scoring in an NBA history. Uh, mm-hmm. Real quick, Sid, uh, I will ask you, I won't let you guess, I will ask you to guess about what's it, but I'll just tell you that the Pistons beat the Nuggets 186-184, and it was a triple overtime game December 13th, uh, 1983. So mm-hmm. they were well short of that that record. But, you know, Malik Monk had 45 off the bench. I, I mean, like, really? Like, how, how is that even possible? <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> but the De'Aaron Fox had 42 um, in, in the lineup. And uh, just, a, just a, a really crazy scoring, I mean, uh, the Clippers were up by, I think, about eight points in the first overtime. They couldn't hang mm-hmm. on. And then um, Malik Monk and Fox, you know, I think a couple other guys as well, you know, kind of took charge late. And, uh, you know, the, it, it's a little bit crazy, but, you know, Malik Monk tied Kevin Martin's uh, record for the most, second most points off the bench by a Canes player. The only player with more is Mike Woodson. He scored 48 points off the bench for the Kansas City Canes. <laughs> yeah, going back to 1983. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit uh, – that also Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard had 44 in a losing effort. Uh, this is the fifth time in NBA history that they were there were at least three 40 point scores in a game, and the first time since 2012. So, Sid, I know you probably got a chance to like, you know, to finish watching, but just a crazy game from start to finish. Yes, it was, and I knew about that Detroit Denver game. I said it to myself. I, I watched the, the entire game from the second quarter on after I got home from work. Uh, I, I yelled it out loud in that first overtime. I said, Detroit, Denver from 83. You guys, record may be in trouble. Now, it was fun to watch you from an entertainment perspective. But uh, on the flip side for the Clippers, I know Stephen A. Smith, I don't know if you watched yesterday's pregame show, NBA Countdown. He went in on Paul George in the oh, Clippers. Yeah, I did. agreed with yeah, him to did. a point. But don't yeah. forget, in the first overtime, Mason Plumley has some uh, bad passes, too. So if you're going in on Paul George, cool. I know he's a star, but yeah. going in on Mason Plumlee as well, he has some bad plays down the stretch as well. Let's not yeah. forget that was Russell Westbrook's debut as a Clipper. He has 17 points. Like I said, I think I told you before we uh, we started uh, started the show, uh, Russell Westbrook has not been the problem for the Clippers. He's giving the Clippers yeah. what they need, even though it's been an early sample size of only two games. Russell Westbrook has been doing fine. It's just that Paul George made some critical mistakes down the stretch along with Mason Pumley. And they had a 14-point lead uh, going into the fourth yep. quarter. And they took their foot off the gas. And when you let young teams like that, like Sacramento, mm-hmm. uh, you, if you give them confidence, they're going to take advantage of it. And that's what happened last Friday. And it looks like so far the Kings have kind of stayed afloat. So it, it's a little bit it's a little bit weird, you know, that you got the you know, Darren Fox, you know, he's finally starting to get it going. Malik Monk, you know, is finally starting mm-hmm. to get going. 
you got the real Sabonis. You know, he had he he only had twenty points, but it really, really didn't didn't need it. But you know, it was definitely like one of those crazy games. And look, this is another one of those losses where if the Clippers have a bad seed or end up going to the play-in, this is going to mm-hmm. be one of those losses where you're going to look mm-hmm. you're going to look back and say, oh gosh, yeah, we could have we could have had that one. So they had multiple chances to put this game away, but they didn't. So like I said, they were up seven in the first overtime, so they weren't able to hang on and. Look, you got to give give uh, the Kings credit. They, you know, they you know fought back and won the game, and they've won I think like right four in a row. You're going mm-hmm. back to the, right before the All Star break, so yeah, a little bit uh crazy uh there now. Uh, yeah, uh, I got Lamont Scott checks in via the Facebook. He says Sacramento youth ran the old guys. They did, and also <laughs> too fatigue was a factor, uh, especially mm-hmm. in that uh, going into that second overtime. You saw. The fatigue factor uh, going into the, uh, the second overtime, it affected Clippers a heck of a lot more than it affected the Kings. Yeah, they, you tell that they probably had a second, but they probably could have played another overtime too if they. Yeah. If they <laughs> so that's I don't know if you heard playing. the comments uh, with De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk following the game. I think one of the reporters asked them, uh, "Would you?" Uh, I'm just paraphrasing him. Do you like be, playing a game like this? Would you like to play in, in another game like this? And Malik Monk said, "No." <laughs> Well, no. Yeah, man, that could be tiring. Look, it exactly. It be tiring. <laughs> be well, well, uh, well and, and if you win, and they won, so you think that <laughs> I would mm-hmm. have to see how he would react to, had they had lost. But it is what it is with that. Of course, the you know, Suns uh, pulled away from the uh, from OKC one twenty four one fifteen, and uh, you know the Bucks no trouble, no Giannis, no problem. I mean, they beat the uh, the Heat one twenty eight ninety nine. Of course, Gerald had also had twenty four points. I want to talk about Miami for a second. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of tough losses, of course. They also will lose to uh, the Hornets, you know, after that, you know, on Saturday. So uh, they're starting to kind of – I'm a little worried about the Heat. I know our girl, Lana Tucker, I know she's a big – we know she's a big Heat fan. I know she's a little mm-hmm. bit worried about them too. So what what's going – what do you think's going on with the Heat? I mean, not, not looking good coming out of the gate after the, the All-Star break. Yeah, as we said before, Lakina, uh, defense is their identity, and they're not doing that right now. As we also said throughout this season, who's going to help out Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who stepped up his offensive game this year, by the way. I think playing in the Olympics a couple years ago helped him out as well. So who's going to step up outside those two guys to help my, help carry the Miami Heat offensively? Tyler Harrell's still there. Uh, you, you still – I know Kyle, Kyle Lowry's been injured off and on his uh, last couple years, but – Who's going to be that third guy to help out Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler offensively? That's going to be something that hopefully Eric Spolster and that he can figure that out. Now, going mm-hmm. to uh, game, so some good ones here coming up. Of course, we'll start with tonight, Monday. You got Detroit and the Hornets at 6 o'clock. And the NBA TV uh, Monday game of the week, you got uh, the Heat. You know, speaking of the Heat, you know, the aforementioned Heat, they have another tough one on the road. They got to go against the Sixers. I know they're going to be they're going to be a little bit uh, miffed from uh, that loss to the Celtics. So I wouldn't be surprised. We, I don't know if we'll see a blow, but you know, I'm sure Embiid and Harden and the rest of the Sixers are going to be on it tonight. Yeah, they'll definitely be focused, and that's the uh, NBA TV game of the night. That's tonight at tonight at six o'clock. Rounding out tonight's schedule, Monday at 6.30, we'll have the Boston Celtics visiting the New York Knicks at MSG. That's at 6.30. And at 7 o'clock, we'll have Orlando at New Orleans. The Pelicans are one game below 500. They'll try to get back to 500, taking on a young Orlando Magic Club. They're 25-36, and 36, referring to Orlando, but that's not as bad as you think. No, they're not a bad 25 or 36 out of the end up. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll play it. Just ask the Bulls. Uh, right. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> and they beat them, I think, twice. <laughs> yes, they did. You know, so, But tomorrow, of course, your last day of February, you got Washington and Atlanta at 630. 
Milwaukee and Brooklyn at 6.30 as well. Also, too, at the same time, the Bulls, uh, of course, you are on the road or in Canada mm-hmm. right now as we speak. As they'll face uh, Toronto. And the first game of the uh, TNT Tuesday Night Doubleheader should be a fun one here. You got the Lakers and Memphis at 6.30. You got LeBron James. A little bit banged up. We'll see if he'll play tomorrow against John Morant and the Grizz. So that should be a fun one. Uh, they had some real tough, great battles this year uh, as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Denver and Houston at 7 o'clock. And right now, tomorrow night schedule, Tuesday, we have Sacramento at OKC at 7 o'clock. No, it's not a typo, folks, even though those two teams played last night. So there were the quick two-game mini-series there. At 7.30 tomorrow, we'll have the Indiana Pacers traveling to Dallas to take on the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks need to get back on track because they lost mm-hmm. that 27-point lead to the Lakers yesterday at home. <laughs> at 8 o'clock, we'll have San Antonio at Utah. At 9 o'clock, we'll have Portland at Golden State. And the second half of that TNT doubleheader tomorrow night will feature the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers. Of course, that's the rematch from last year's play-in game in which the Clippers lost. Uh, this going around, the Clippers have lost their last two games uh, in embarrassing fashion and look forward to getting back on track tomorrow against an injury-settled Minnesota team. They should be able to take advantage of that. We'll see. I know they're going to be mm-hmm. smarter from those last two losses, so we'll see the Clippers kind of get together. First day of March, you know, on Wednesday, uh, you got the uh, the Suns continue their uh, their East Coast uh, road trip as they face Charlotte at six o'clock. Of course, the Bulls, you know, coming off a back to back, they face Detroit at six o'clock too on Wednesday. Should be a good one here. You got Cleveland and Boston as the first game. The ESPN Wednesday doubleheader at six thirty. Uh, the Sixers and the Heat. No, I'm not. No, that's not a typo, folks. Uh, this this is time is from South Beach. <laughs> yeah, this is a home and home uh, two gamer. Yo, don't know to ask. Uh, <laughs> and and Brooklyn and uh, the Knicks at six thirty as well. Yeah, running out the Wednesday schedule, we'll have Memphis at Houston at seven o'clock, Orlando at Milwaukee at seven o'clock. Also, the Lakers and the Thunder at seven o'clock. Uh, I see a, a load management situation yes, coming around probably. for the Lakers. Uh, let's go get like remember OKC has given them trouble the last two years. Yes. And don't forget LeBron James broke the NBA scoring record against mm-hmm. OKC a few weeks ago, right before the all-star break. And rounding out the Wednesday night schedule, the second half of the ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader, New Orleans at Portland at nine Should, o'clock. Yeah, we'll see how much uh you know, that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh of course, you know, Tuesday, I mean Thursday, I should say, uh <laughs> Second uh, day of March, you got Toronto and Washington at six o'clock, and the first game of the uh, TNT Thursday night doubleheader, maybe an NBA Finals preview, perhaps. We'll see. You got the Sixers and the Mavs coming up. Uh, you got Embiid and Harden versus Kyrie and Luca. That should be a fun one. Uh, definitely gonna be looking forward to that one. Yeah, and rounding out the Thursday schedule at seven thirty, we'll have Indiana at San Antonio at seven thirty, and the second half of that TNT Thursday night doubleheader will feature the Los Angeles Clippers in the Bay Area to take on the Steph Curry list, Golden State Warriors. Oh, those should be some fun games. That's your schedule for the NBA for this week. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown uh, with you. Now we're going to you know, go stay with, the, stay with the, uh, the hardwood, but this time we're going to go to college. Uh, Selection Sunday is just a couple weeks away. And you got teams, you're starting, you're starting to kind of get things going here now. There were a lot of buzzer beaters uh, this week, but let's go back and start locally first. Illinois loses to Ohio State. Uh, I saw a little bit, I saw the highs of this game, and, I, and like, unfortunately, the uh, sort of the same problems that Illinois has had uh, throughout the season. You know, they lose by 12 to a, a struggling Ohio State team. 
Uh, Coleman Hawkins, your 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 buddy said fourteen points, but that was really <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm calling your your your, your guy, but uh, that was really about it. They had they had like struggles from some of the other guys uh, out there. I mean, Terry Shannon you only had ten points. <sighs> Unfortunately, you know, it does. Uh, Denisha only had didn't didn't score any points, so. That's been and there were six for twenty nine from a three point range. You know that's been a big problem for Illinois and their losses. Mm-hmm. So, as uh, some of our buddies have said, this could be a, another early exit for Illinois. But you know we'll see. So, what did you think about that game yesterday? Unfortunately, I had the chance to watch most of that game, and our buddy Kalen Sharkey from WGN Sports uh, said it best. Sometimes the way that the Illini play, they remind you of the Chicago Bulls. And yesterday. Uh, their interior defense uh, was not there. Ohio State won a, ran a monk of them, especially driving inside the paint. Outside of Matt Meyer and Coleman Hawkins, who's starting to step it up defensively, no one else showed up in Illinois yesterday. Uh, like you said, the three-point shot was uh, was not there. And speaking of Dane Danger, he didn't score not one basket. Remember, like I told you, they got away with it last Thursday in that comeback win against Northwestern, both uh-huh. Haw- Hawkins uh, in uh, danger had a total danger. combined score of nine points. That cannot happen again. Yesterday, between those two guys, 14 points and all came from Coleman Hawkins. So you cannot have that, especially going into tournament time. And um, not the, the one, Terrence Shannon, who fouled, uh, Shannon. who Shannon. Shannon. He, uh, he, he led that comeback last Thursday against Northwestern. He fouled out. You cannot have mm-hmm. your major stars going into foul trouble. And that's what's been a problem for Illinois uh, this year. Uh, lack of three-point uh, consistency in three-point shooting, the lack of interior defense, and t- at least two of your star players always getting in foul trouble. That cannot happen going into uh, the big dance and the big tournament. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, they got one week to kind of figure things out. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, uh, SIU beat, uh, held off, I should say, UIC 68-65. Well, I'll tell you uh, how important how- – Important that we, than it was for Southern Illinois in just a second, but uh, Bradley Bradley beat Drake, and they could they can thank uh, Missouri State for beating Drake on Thursday, so they were able to, mm-hmm. you know, they've clinched the uh, regular season uh, Missouri uh, Missouri Valley Conference high for the first time. Yeah, go yeah, go way back to ninety five ninety six. It's been that long since uh, Bradley had uh, had uh, clinched the uh, Missouri Valley Conference regular season title so they're about to start their tournament and like we've been saying the last uh few weeks it's all about getting that top four you get the top four you Mm -hmm. get the bye so with bradley winning the uh regular season title they get to chill for a couple of days so not not chill really but Mm -hmm. drake you know drake also joins them and with that win against uic and a couple other things happening uh southern illinois is now back in the mix that top four and also Belmont, too. So those are your top four as they start Arch Madness on Thursday. So um, big wins for our local local teams in the uh, Missouri Valley. Now, shout out to our buddies, Pro Dudes, who call this game UCLA and Colorado. Uh, they, you know, they gave them all they can handle. I'm talking about Colorado. But UCLA did just enough to hit some big shots late. Got the defensive stops late. 60-56. You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you how important that win was in just a second. Yeah, uh, go, going back to the Bar- the Bradley Braves, I did watch the end of that game yesterday. It was on ESPN too. Congratulations to Coach Waddle uh, and, yes. and that staff. I know this will be the well, first yeah. time they'll be. Uh, I don't know if this automatically gets them in, uh, but being a regular season champs, it may. But we know we all know that the Missouri Valley Conference gets one or two at large bids. Uh, at least that's been the trend the last few years. So 
hopefully if they can take care of business, I'm talking about Bradley and, and win the conference tournament, they'll be in for sure, obviously. And the other teams that you mentioned behind it will have to sweat it out. But congratulations to them winning the regular season title in the Missouri Valley. Not too many people had them this year. Uh, some I know some people had Drake at some of the other schools, but congratulations to the entire Bradley Braves program. Like you say, it should be a heck of a term, tournament uh, starting later this week in St. Louis. It'll probably be the most exciting that we've seen in years. Probably, and there have been some exciting uh, tournaments. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Brad, look, like I said, Bradley, they were picked to finish like in, the, like in the middle of the pack in the Missouri Valley. So the fact that they were able to win in a senior late, you know, they're, that's a good you know, senior late squad. So I'm sure they took that to heart. Now, Northwestern, I'm sort of worried about them a little bit. They lose to Maryland, 75-59. And as I, and I told you, Sid, they depend on, a three, on that, the three-pointer mm-hmm. a little too much for my taste. And – we saw it again. They were five for 19 from three, and Maryland, to their credit, they were able to take advantage of that. Jameer Young scored 18 points for the North for um, sorry for Maryland yesterday. I, okay. I got a chance to watch, I got a chance to watch the majority of this game on the Big Ten Network yesterday. Shout out to hometown guy Stephen Bartle, who called the game yesterday. And Jameer Young had a couple of heat check threes in that first half. And it was a That's miracle good. that Northwestern stayed in it because. Boo Booey, don't laugh at the brother's name. That's his name. That's uh, his he's name. their leading. Uh, he's a star player from Northwest Illinois. He only had four points yesterday, but he did ha- have eight assists. But uh, Maryland kept up the pressure both offensively and defensively uh, in that second half. Uh, in that first half, uh, they were in the game because of the, uh, because of, of their defense, but offensively yes. they picked it up in that second half. Yeah, absolutely. And they were able to look. Look when when they're good, Maryland can be really good. Maryland could be one of those sleepers to go far in March. So they might be a team. If you guys are thinking about a team that could be a sleeper to go far, I think you know Jamir Young is you know, one of the top players in the Big Ten. I, I think he he you know, showed Maryland, it yesterday. <laughs> yes, he did. So I'm sure you know that's going to be a, you know, a team to look out for. Uh, Say to the Big Ten, you got Wisconsin and Michigan. I saw a little bit of this game too. Uh, again, a theme here: buzzer beater. Hunter did yes. hit a buzzer buzzer beater three. You know to you know to you know to send to overtime. And now with you know they were able to you know, get get it going late. Um, they beat Wisconsin 87-79 in overtime, and now they're in second place with all the crazy stuff that has gone on. I know after all that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after all that, they're now in second place, and uh, they can finish the season strong. You know, win the last couple of games, and perhaps maybe get into the into the tournament, if not in, in the bubble, but if not in the tournament at least. Yeah, I think yesterday before the game, CBS had them as the last four in, if I'm not yes. mistaken, if I yes, read that so correctly. Yeah. Uh, good, my eyesight still works beautiful. But <laughs> uh, I, I was watching the end of that game yesterday, looking. I was watching a couple of other college games as well. But uh, Michigan, I, I thought this was an elimination game for them between them and Wisconsin. Yes. And Hunter Diggin, uh, uh, Dickinson, uh, that was an incredible shot yesterday. <laughs> we know he can shoot it from mid-range, but he's not the world's greatest three-point shooter. Remember, the, I forgot the guy who shot it for Michigan. His shot got blocked. And so that's what set up the Dickerson uh, three-point shot that went into overtime. You could tell Jawan Howard, you could tell he was ready to uh, go through that handshake <laughs> line. But after Dickerson hit that shot, he was like, yes, I got five extra minutes. Let's go. And you could tell that Michigan picked up the pace from there. So I thought it was an elimination game yesterday. Like you said, Lamont's Michigan finish up the regular season strong, which I think they will. They don't have to sweat it out two, less than two weeks from now on Selection Sunday. Wisconsin, they're in trouble. They're going to have to yeah. win the Big Ten tournament here in Chicago, and I don't know if they could do that. Yeah, uh, they had this game one, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to be they're going to be smarting from uh, this loss too. You know, another bad loss. Now, Rutgers, of course, they were able to kind of reverse their fortunes. They were actually down big to uh, Penn State. They would actually come back and win it. So mm-hmm. I think I think they're already. Re- 
in regards, but you know, Penn State lost a chance to kind of get themselves in the bubble, so they lose by three. Now, going back to Saturday, uh, Saturday's games again, coming with a the theme here buzzer beaters. Uh, we'll get to some of those in a second, but uh, Houston, no trouble with uh, East Carolina, they win the American uh, Conference because number one seed there, Alabama held off Arkansas, Kansas. You know, that was a great finish against West Virginia. And because of that Northwestern uh, loss, well, we'll, we'll get to uh, the Friday loss in a second, but Purdue, uh, you know, Purdue loses to Indiana 79-71. That was a crazy game. Jalen Hood, uh, Shino, had 35 points. It was a career high for him. And uh, that was a you know a really interesting game from start to finish. But, again, you know, Purdue really doesn't worry about too much about it, but we'll get to that in a second. But um, UNC beat Virginia 71-63. Arizona State beats Arizona on a Desmond Cambridge Jr. 60-footer as time expired. Look out. (laughs) Yeah, to win that game. And, of course, because of that, with UCLA beating Colorado, UCLA clinches clinches, uh, the regular season Pac-12 title for the first time in a decade. Yeah, going back to the Purdue-Indiana game on Saturday night, Lakina, are you much – are you worried about Purdue like I am? Because right now, Indiana, we talked about this over the last week or so. They beat, they barely beat Illinois. I know they lost to Northwestern on the road mm-hmm. at, during that time, blowing a 21-point lead. But they rebounded nicely. I'm yes. calling Purdue the best team in the Big No, sorry. I'm calling Indiana the best team in the Big Ten right now. Purdue has fallen off these last uh, few weeks. I'm, wor- I'm worried about them uh, going to the uh, Big Ten tournament in a couple weeks here in Chicago. I don't know if they could regain that swagger that they had starting the season. They were the top three team in the country. They were ranked number one for a couple of weeks. Uh, it looks like they lost their confidence. I don't know if they can gain it back in time uh, for the big dance. Yeah, well, they just clinched uh, the Big Ten uh, regular season title for the 25th time. So because of losses to you know Northwestern, you know their losses. So you know even despite that loss, you know to Indiana, Purdue was able to clinch you know the number one. And plus, remember Purdue was actually picked to finish like near like near the middle. So no one really expected them to get to you know to be near the top, so that that's kind of crazy how that happens. But it is what it is. That well, I'll, I'll see. I mean, look, I want to see how they look in the you know in these last couple of games in the Big Ten tournament here, which is going to be here in Chicago this year in the UC. Yay! Mm-hmm. It's all the hits uh, the the road games the Bulls got coming up. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, Baylor beat Texas eighty one seventy two. Um, Marquette they clinched a share of the Big East title by being DePaul. Uh, Tennessee, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tennessee with a nice uh, bounce back uh, win against South Carolina. You know they took it out them big time by forty. And Gonzaga got their revenge against St. Mary's, but St. Mary's still ended up winning the West Coast Conference uh, regular season title. Their tournament starts on Thursday. Uh, yeah, you know Gonzaga's going to win that conference tournament after what you just reported. So <laughs> well, <laughs> they'll be well, more motivated than ever. <laughs> Well, look if you're if you're a bubble team, you're 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 cheering for both them and for uh, St. Mary's to get into the, the final, so that you don't have to worry about uh, them mm-hmm. with that. But the one of the bigger upsets, Matthew uh, Cleveland again three pointer as time expired, they gave Florida State the upset win over Miami. They trailed by as many as twenty five points. That's the largest comeback in ACC history. <laughs> so if you're Jim Larry nigga, your squad, you're you're smart over this one. Yeah, you know. Like you, like you said, a big lead blown like that. Especially, I know Florida State's been struggling this year, uh, struggling this year. But if you, Miami has been under the radar, one of the best uh, second tier teams in the country all year, uh, uh, that loss does hurt. But the key, especially around this time of year, 
Can you turn it around mentally? If you can, I think you, they'll they'll be okay. But if they let it uh, stay in their heads, it's going to be problems for them. But I know, I know we got a break for the for the top of the hour, Lakina. I just want to give a shout out to my guy Penny Hardaway of the Memphis Tigers. Uh-huh. They beat the Cincinnati Bearcats yesterday, 76-73. Kendrick Davis with twenty two points. Memphis is twenty two and seven. I think they're safe as far as the large bid for the NCAA tournament. I know they had to sweat it out a couple of times, especially last year of getting in, but this is a, a little bit better squad this year than last. Yeah, I think Memphis, if they can get into the final of the AAC tournament, if they face Houston, I think that should help them a little bit. Yeah, it's just like uh, last year. Right, so, you know, if they can get to that, I mean, they're, they're fine. Now, of course, Lamont Butler, he hit a, a three-pointer at the buzzer again for San Diego State. They clinched the Mountain West Conference over New Mexico. Uh, Iowa State and Michigan, <laughs> I mean, oh, geez, oh, gosh. Uh, that, that that whole game was just uh, crazy. Well, we'll do, we'll do it real quick. I know we're, up, like, we're, we're way past the break, but – you know, they were, you know, uh, Iowa down, I think, like 13 with like 11, like a minute, like a minute, so just under two minutes left. You know, they got into a, mm-hmm. a tear. They had four straight threes by, uh, by Chris Murray. Um, and they come back and they beat Michigan State and overtime 112 106. Yep. And so that's your weekend recap in college basketball. Quickly looking, like you said, we're up against it, but I want to go through the schedule for tonight's uh, games, the key games tonight. And throughout the week for college basketball as the regular season winds down. Uh, tonight on ESPN, the doubleheader starts at 6 o'clock with North Carolina and Florida State. Can the Seminoles pull up another upset? North Carolina has been struggling recently, so we'll see what happens with that. Followed by Baylor at Oklahoma State. Big game for both teams in the Big 12 here. Yeah, Baylor trying to keep pace with Kansas. You know, they're kind of like right there behind them. But OK State, they're trying to get into the bubble. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, Marquette, they're not number six in the country going into tomorrow's games. They face Butler on FS1 at 5.30. Now, Clemson, they really need this win against Virginia. That's at 6 o'clock on ACC Network to try to kind of get back into the bubble again because they've been struggling lately. Uh Iowa and Indiana, Indiana, they're trying to at least clinch a share of the Big Ten title with Purdue. That's going to be at ESPN 2 at 6 o'clock. Yep, Florida and Georgia at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. Also, too, we'll have uh, number three Kansas hosting Texas Tech at 8 o'clock on Tuesday on ESPN. On ESPN 2 at the same time at 8 o'clock on Tuesday, we'll have Arkansas traveling to Tennessee to take on the number 12th ranked volunteers. And not too many people are talking about Tennessee this year, Lakina, but uh, they're a darn good basketball team, and I would not want to play them not just in the SEC tournament coming up in a couple of weeks, but uh, in the main tournament as well. San Diego State uh, meets uh, Boise State at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. And Texas, excuse me, Texas A&M uh, meets Ole Miss at 8 o'clock on ESPN. You and Michigan State and Nebraska. Michigan State trying to uh, hopefully can get that loss against Iowa out of their mouths as they try to get back into the bubble. All right, let's go into Wednesday's action. We'll have Auburn versus number two Alabama on ESPN2 on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock Wednesday on uh, CBS Sports Network, DePaul will travel to UConn to take on the number 14-ranked Huskies. At 6 o'clock on the Big Ten Network, this is for Wednesday. Number 21, Maryland will travel to Ohio State to take on the Buckeyes. Maryland, uh, they had a big win against Northwestern yesterday. Can Ohio State pull off another upset? We shall see. And also, too, looking down here at the at the, at the the schedule, Gonzaga going to host Chicago State. <laughs> Uh, on yeah, Wednesday, so, and that's at eight o'clock, but no TV for that one. Yeah, I think that's the start of the WAC tournament for them. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, Texas, Texas and TCU at eight o'clock on ESPN mm-hmm. uh, two, and I think that's a makeup game. I'm not mistaken. That game with, uh, with Gonzaga. So 
I wonder if that's a makeup game from earlier this season. Uh, Penn State and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Northwestern. Northwestern trying to get those last two losses out of their mouths. The uh, Loyola, uh, they host Rhode Island. They haven't had a good transition to the, the A-10 this year, but uh, we'll see what happens. And look, like I said, a lot of conference tournaments, some of the smaller conferences already starting their tournaments on Thursday. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so Missouri Valley, among others. Um, so uh, check out those. Check out the collisions for uh, the games, the times, and the teams that are going to be playing in your area but so they are finishing up their season uh michigan and illinois at six o'clock at espn they're going to finish this up for thursday Min- yeah for thursday so uh records of minnesota uh, uh, uh records of minnesota that's six o'clock on uh fs1 at six so like i said uh memphis you know they need to keep winning to get back in the get back in the bubble you know at they get they face smu at eight o'clock on espn two again these are all all these teams are finishing up their season so like i said all the other uh Arizona USC at ten o'clock on ESPN, and yeah, uh, that's again, yeah, that's about it for yeah, the and games. Number one, Houston will, will host Wichita State on Thursday at six o'clock on ESPN two. All right, so those are like I said, with all the conference games, you know, getting ready to happen. Uh, conference mm-hmm. tournament, I should say, on the smaller side. The base schools all start till next week, so you guys get a little bit of time to kind of get to know some of these uh, smaller teams. So uh, make sure you guys check those out uh, all week long. Now we're going to take a really quick break. You know, super quick, but uh, we're going to talk some uh, Bears and NFL. Of course, you know the the you know the rumors. You know, rumors been flying. Also, to uh, baseball, you know, some spring training action and such. So. Got a lot to do still. The Keenan McGee and Sydney Brown coming up next. We're going to take a really quick break. Second season sports on Sports Social Chicago. NFL and baseball coming up right after this. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. She's paying attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Many will hear the calling. Few will earn the title. United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to Sega City Sports as we kick off our number two on this fabulous Monday edition right here live in 11 color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow your on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and Akina's from again, the IG. And you have a question or comment for us during our less than now 45 minutes to solve this extravagance. We call it a live sports talk radio show. You always hit us up in the comment section at, at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. All right, we're going to talk a little bit of some NFL and Bears real quick because I guess there was a report that came out this morning from Adam Schefter. Um, that he said that the Bears are leaning towards, again, we're quoting, leaning towards trading the number one pick. So, and I guess they're getting a lot of suitors and whatnot. Not really a big surprise. I mean, you know, of course, a lot of people, you know, they've been, you know, there have been, you know, speculation that what they're, what Ryan Poles is going to do with that pick. So, is that Chef to call you right now? Yeah, that's him calling me as, as we speak. But, uh, <laughs> I'm here to say birthday, actually, uh, Chef D and I, but, uh, I'm just to see what you think because I think in this case I think yeah I mean look of course you're gonna listen to in you know to Sears and stuff of course you got you know the Texans you got the Colts they both need quarterbacks you know Bryce Young Will Levis you know something I know Anthony Richardson's name has been brought up too as perhaps maybe a potential number one uh, quarterback but what do you think because of course you don't want to we've had various folks who come in you know on the show and I know that uh, our girl Kayla Shugger from WGN uh, said that just this you know a couple of weeks back that you know you don't want to. You know, you don't really, we don't want to go far too far back. Of course, our girl, uh, another one of our uh, our favorites, uh, Maggie Hendricks, said it too from Valley Sports. She said the same thing that, you know, you don't want to go too far back to a point where you don't want to get the guy that you want. So, what do you think of the Bears' mindset is at this point? It could happen this week, though. Also, they're saying too. Yeah, like we say every year, Lakina, around this time, especially when we get closer to the NFL draft, it's Lions season because. Uh, teams are positioning themselves to get the best deal possible. They talk off certain people, they downplay certain people, and we know we all know how that happens because it's all about posturing at this point. I, I think you, you, if you're the Bears, like you said, you you're listening to offers. If it if it strains from your plan of taking the guy that you want uh, with that top pick, then don't do it. I'm not just going to make the trade just to make the trade. It, it usually doesn't work out for you. So. If you Ryan Poles, you're smart. Uh, he's known this as ever, ever since the, the season ended. That the teams that really want a quarterback, you have to come with your best offer. I'm listening, but I'm not just going to pull the trigger just to pull the trigger. This Bears team still has holes they need to fill. With all those draft picks they have, uh, uh, they're going to 
fill them. But I'm not just going to trade that number one draft bread just to trade it away. Like like we talked about for the last couple of weeks, you listen to offers and you see what the true value of the number one pick is worth. But I'm not just going to pull the deal just to make the deal. I'm not under the gun, no pun intended, of you have to trade this pick. Uh, I don't think Ryan Post is looking at it that way. Yeah, it's interesting. No, should he? Well, yeah, I know that Sheffy said that you know they could the, the trade a trade could happen as early as this week. I don't see that happening. And so it's like no trade could be made official until March fifteenth. That's when the new league year starts. So mm-hmm. that's going to be kind of like the thing where like okay, even if they do decide, you know, I'll, I'll say the Colts, you know, they they trade you know picks, they trade a couple of players, utility guys, and whatnot, but. At the same time, though, it can't be made officially until the fit, you know, March, like for another three weeks. So, you know, there really is like no point in like I'm sure he'll listen to offers, but I, I, I think well, let's kind of slow down here on the whole. Like, okay, we could get this guy, we get you know this pick or whatever. So, I, I'm sure you know they'll they'll figure out something. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll probably end up trading back, but how far back? That's the number one question. Yep. Also, too, if you mentioned this, Lakina, I apologize. But this week doesn't it start the the combine for Indianapolis? Yes, yes. It's our, our right, right as we speak. Mm-hmm. As our teammate uh, in uh, at War Media, and he's the host of the Bears Under Center podcast, the Chicago Bears podcast, presented by NBC Sports Chicago's Kenneth Davis. What we all used to say back in the day it's about uh, it's, this time it's about the players lifting weights and the jewelry jingling. So that's what the NFL combine is all about. I'm sure that's. Another reason why that this story is out as well, because the combine is here. Usually most of the top guys work out, but some of the top picks don't work out there. So in most of these GMs, if you're smart, you have a smart scouting department. They usually scout the guys that 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 do the best, but they're not getting as much pop. Uh, this is the t- this is the time for them to to perhaps discover the unsung heroes, as we say, or the some of the unknowns. And that's where you hear some of the stories uh, come out as. Uh, this combine, say, uh, and you would say, Oh, why did this guy didn't get picked here or there? Why did they trade this pick to get that guy and things along that line? So, I'm very, very interested. I'm very interested to see who's going to participate this week, who's going to sit out the combine. Because, yeah, yeah. like I said, everybody's not participating in this. Yeah, I'll be yeah. shocked if Bryce Young is there. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's there, but he's not going to throw. So, you know, okay. other QBs were gonna, uh, are going to throw. These share their own pro days anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm not sure they'll not have pro days in Alabama. So I'm sure he'll probably wait till then to do that. Uh, Jalen Carter, who's their star, who's Georgia's a star uh, defensive lineman, uh, he's not gonna uh, you know, work out the combine either. So yeah, there are good, there are some guys that don't throw the combine or don't work out at the mm-hmm. combine for various reasons, whether it's injuries, whether it's just say you know what that's what us uh, you know pro days are for. So I'm sure Georgia pro day he'll probably uh, Carter will probably work out from then. So. I think the combine. I don't want to say it's a waste because you know that there's no disrespect to uh, the folks who cover those because we, we know some people who cover those. Uh, as you said, you know, affirmation are up by Ken. But uh, yeah, I just think that eh, okay, you know, if you want to, you know, say you know improve your stock, I mean that you know working out mm-hmm. that helps. Uh, if you're a guy that's kind of like no, it's not under under the radar for some scouts, but this is a, your time to kind of shine. So yo, know, hey, yo, go for it. But yeah, I, I think you know. With the exception of maybe a few, I think for the most, maybe like seventy percent of the guys that will probably will probably be there will probably end up being drafted. So look, I mean, you saw what happened with Tom Brady. We saw how he looked during the combine, and you yeah. know, the rest was history. So, and also Pat Mahomes too, same thing. Just a few mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. Uh, the mo- the one important thing about the combine will Rich Eisen do his uh, traditional uh, <laughs> running the forty yard dash this year? <laughs> I don't. Know I want to see that. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, remember he's getting up, he's getting up there, uh, uh, sis. I don't know if he wants to. I don't. I know you. I don't remember he said last year he pulled. See, think he pulled a hamstring. His wife almost killed him <laughs> for doing. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think you know that might be a little bit, uh, a little bit much for him. But uh, yeah, I, I think you know we'll see if he does. I mean, I would be surprised if he does kind of redeem himself from last year. And also, same thing with Shefty too. I know he does it too sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you have the combine on uh, NFL Network. They have like all day coverage of it, mm-hmm. and also too. And I know uh, they're going to be reports on some of the, all the various places. I know we got a couple of our, our our guys are and, and gals are going to be out there too covering it. So for the Bears, especially with the number one pick, you. Know, so we'll see. Yeah, the coverage just starts tomorrow afternoon on the NFL Network at I believe uh, nine a.m. Central Standard Time. So. Check it out. It's going to go on all week, uh, almost 24 hours straight, uh, straight news of the, from the NFL combine from the NFL network. So uh, check it out. I know a lot of people in Chicago, especially will check it out because you might find your number one pick there or some other uh, uh, pick that uh, not too many people are talking about. Oh, I saw him at the combine and Ryan Pose ended up drafting him in like in the third round two months later. <laughs> Well, that's what look, that's what happened last year with Baylor Jones. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of like kind of like the, what happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, any and other NFL uh, nuggets that kind of you know, catch your attention before we move on? Uh, I'm just I'm I think you said this on Friday. If not, you could correct me. But I'm so sick of the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I know the new league year starts his, in a couple of weeks, but yeah, I know he's out of the darkness, darkness. quote unquote. <laughs> but yeah. Can we make a decision already? I think he knows what he wants to do, but he's he's trolling the media as he always does. I'm interested to see what he's going to say on the Pat Mac if he showed tomorrow. Maybe that's him calling right now. I don't know, but uh, can you just give a decision already? Because I know most of those most of those athletes like to uh, play the media and mm-hmm. drag things out to keep their names in the headlines. But this has gone uh, far enough. It's getting annoying. Yeah, I'm. Well, it's I'm getting annoying. Annoying. Yeah, I said yeah. on Friday, I'm over it. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. like, who cares? Like, just make a decision. I think he's going to stay with yeah. the Packers. I know there have been some indications where he might, you know, leave, but that's too much money he's leaving on the table. I read that they, uh, Jair Alexander has restructured his deal to kind of make some money available for some things. So I'm wondering if that could be like a, a sign that maybe Rodgers might be leaning towards going back to Green Bay. Who knows? But just make a decision, uh, Rodgers. I don't care anymore. I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go this again on Friday, as you know, and he doesn't make the decision. Okay, you want to wait another two weeks until the league starts. So new league year starts. Yippee! Good for you. Let's go. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You go ahead, Julian. No, you go, no, you go ahead. The reset. Okay. You listen to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition. We're live in eleven color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. This will be our last show for the month of February. Lakina, at this time of year, you know what that means. <clears throat> as we reach this point of the calendar, as we turn our attentions to the month of March, spring training is underway. And for Yay. both of our logos, teams, both the Cubs and the Sox. The Cubs look good over the weekend. The Sox lose their first two games uh, of spring training, but the results is not as important as you think. Uh, but the new rules for the MLB is uh, is being implemented this year. And the one rule in particular is the pitch clock. I did get a chance to watch that San Diego-Seattle game live looking after we got off air on Friday. Uh, Manny Machado got caught with his pants down, no pun intended, and not getting back in the box in time. So <laughs> the pitch was called a strike. Mm-hmm. If a runner's on yes. base, you have 20 seconds, both uh, the pitcher and the and the hitter, to get in your in your stance for the pitcher and get in, in the box as a batter. But no, no one's on base, 15 seconds. And did you check out the end of that Atlanta-Boston game on Saturday? Yes, 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 I did, yes, I did. 
I think we're gonna be seeing a lot more of that, you know, because look, we're getting, you know, you're getting used to the, you know, the pitch clock and not being able to kind of like, you know, look, you know, give the bonk and stuff. You're know, gonna be a lot more box this year. So I think, yeah, we're gonna be seeing a lot more of those. And uh, I know, yeah, I think like most of the games, those the spring training games were like under like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Could that 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 might be a reason why they're doing this? You know, the bigger bases, mm-hmm. it look kind of like the size of maybe like this this tape, this desk I'm I'm on here, so. Uh-huh. That, that's that that's another thing that's good that's good another site that might be you'll get you know, lots to get used to but i like the rules so far i mean like i said i mean we don't want like four and a half five hour games in some cases so you know mark burley's probably somewhere just you know like you know giggling you know like a, like, yeah. like, like, like a young boy so i'm like ha 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 so look see y'all y'all y'all, y'all knew i was on this in there but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see you know because you know that that that's gonna be like an adjustment too but the speed of manny machado he got a hundred got a 350 million dollar extension with the padres for an, for 11 years so I mean, I, I know he got called for that, but I think he had a pretty nice weekend overall. You got that little bump in uh, salary, you know, same with the Padres. Mm-hmm. And Elias Sox could have had him four years ago, but that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother day. But uh, going back to the to those rules for MLB looking, I like them too, but the couple of things that I noticed, in particular that the uh, the pitchers, that with the pitch clock, they have the advantage because remember the hitters, especially, uh, uh-huh. I, I, I watched Jose Abreu. He made his Astros debut uh, on Saturday in the Astros uni- in the Astros uniform. You know, as hitters like him, you should step out of the box, uh, take that time to see what the pitcher is going to bring. If you're a hitter, especially when a man's not on base, you don't have all the time in the world to step out of the box, step in, and, and take your time to see what the next pitcher is going to throw. You have to stay in that box, and you have to be prepared just like that because the pitcher is going to throw the ball in an instant. Once you step in, you better be ready just like that or else uh, – yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. going to be out the box, no pun intended. So I think it's going to take some time. Of course, uh, if you're a young player that's been in the minor leagues over the last two, three years, those rules were implemented. So if you're a veteran player that's been in the majors for all this time, it's going to take some time getting used to. I think for the first, this is just a prediction here, for the first month of the season, you're going to see some minor hiccups here and there. But I think by the end of April, I'm talking about for everybody, in particular the veterans, Everybody, I think, will be okay now. Will it cost somebody a playoff game? That's way down the road, and we'll see about it. But I think it's going to take some time, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. But I think after the first month, month and a half, I think things will be fine. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with that because I, I saw um, uh, Matt Scherzer's comments. I know that he feels that some of the rules, those rules were uh, – you know, he'll make his debut uh, from the Mets uh, tomorrow, but I, I feel like it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the pitch clock is going to be interesting. I you know the the bigger bases and you know, the the box. I mean, that's going to be another thing that's going to be interesting to see how the pitchers and stuff. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be very interesting, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of like you're know, right there with you. I mean, I know the reason why they made these rules so that they can get more. You know the gaze, you know, kind of more phonetic pace, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, it going. So, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm 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 looking forward to kind of like how, especially during like the regular season starts. <coughs> that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be really like that's gonna be the key here. Yep, and like we say with anything in life, especially in the world of professional sports, things take time. And so I saw some of the interviews with some of the veteran players over the last. 48 hours, and, and they were saying that, oh, we don't know all the rules yet, but, you know, this is what spring training is for, to uh, get those kinks uh, taken care of and uh, learn as you go. I think it's going to be more 
of the hitters, not so much the pitchers, but more the hitters uh, picking up their pace because because you can't step out of the box anymore, adjust your goals like no more Garcia Parry did back in the day. Uh, you, you can't just step out of the box whenever you want to. Uh, the pickoff attempts, I think it's only two per batter. Lakina, I believe yep. he, yeah, yes. okay. Uh, I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not going to see as many pickoff plays as you've seen in the past. And I think it's going to create more offense, Lakina. I think the home run ball is still going to be there, but the one thing that I'm really happy about is going to bring the stolen base back, in particular our two teams here in Chicago. But I'll speak on uh, the White Sox, Tim Anderson and Luis Robert Jr. He wants to go by this year. Uh, you know, the White Sox are a good running team with those two guys if they're healthy because they're still a, a home run hitting team. If those guys don't create havoc on the bases, uh, the White Sox are in trouble. So, But overall, I think it's going to bring the stolen base the stolen base back, I think you're going to see a whole lot more action on the base pass because the the pitchers cannot throw over there six, mm -hmm. seven, eight times anymore like they did in the past. Yeah, I think that's going to really be the, going to be the key because you know, for those of you who don't know, the pick of the new uh, pickoff rule, uh, the pitcher will be able to step off the mound for a pickoff for any reason, maximum of twice per plate appearance. So mm -hmm. you were right, Sid. And uh, this also limits the reset of the runner advances via steal, wild pitch, or pass ball. Yeah, uh, the, the pitcher can attempt to you know a third pickoff if it doesn't result in an out. If it is, if it is, it's an automatic box. So that's gonna be gonna be the key here because if you got guys that are in third base or in first place, they're trying to steal. I mean, we just see what the pitcher's mindset's gonna be because they can't do the whole like automatic pickoff because unless it's an out, they're kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. So that that another rule that they're gonna have to adjust to as well. So some of the rules are, are are good. Some of them you kind of like make you scratch your head, but. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to see how this is going to be implemented, especially for teams. I mean, I don't think it'll it'll, it'll affect you know the Cubs and the Sox too much, but it'll mm -hmm. be interesting to see how you know interesting how teams like the Mariners who like to kind of like you know go to the fanatic pace and the fast pace. Mm -hmm. Then you got that got Houston, Houston. You know, you know how they are. They like to kind of do things sort of fanatic pace as well. So that's going to be another thing that's going to be how the teams individually will be in it, and also the players as well. Yeah. Also, to one more rule before we break for the bottom of the hour. Uh, the shift rule, that's S-H-I-F-T. I know I pronounced that correctly, but just for our censors uh, out there. Uh, the shift rule is now gone. I think it will help hitters like Yanzamani Grandal. You don't have to hit into the mm -hmm. shift. Uh, most yep. of your power hitters, especially your left-handed power hitters, yep. uh, you're going to see them uh, hit a whole lot of uh, line drive singles now. And I want to see, as the season goes along, which team or teams are going to manipulate their rule a little bit and will, let, will the umpires catch it in time because – there's going to be a couple of those veteran managers going to test to see, uh, this doesn't look like a shift defense to me, but we're going to kind of borderline it here or there a little bit. I want to see if the umpires can catch it or give give those teams a leeway. I want to see how that shapes out as the season goes along. Yeah, the shift that that shift rule is going to really going to uh, is going to help guys like you know your you know your also too your our, our buddy Julio Rodriguez. You know he likes to kind of you know hit the ball you know sort of that that power hitter. So mm -hmm. all the power hitters are going to be the really going to be the ones that are going to see how these sort of, you know it could help both sides. It help the hitters and the and the pitchers. So again, we'll have to wait and see. You know, especially in a game setting. You know, spring training, you're still looking. You know, we're still you know trying to learn the rules and such. You know, and so and so are they, the players, but. I want to say it in actual game situations if, if games are going to be won or lost because of some of these rule changes. Yep, the regular season for the MLB will get started on Thursday, March 30th. Spring training is going on right now, I believe. Uh, later on this week, Lakina, I believe, when we, we commerce here on Friday, the, the wasted time of the World Baseball Classic sponsored by MLB mm. will begin as mm. well. So uh, baseball is underway, and we love it.
Yeah, absolutely. So should be fun, you know, coming up too. So yeah, you know, these split squad games it should be int interesting. Now we're gonna take a really quick break. Of course, you know, we got to the bottom of the hour. Now we're gonna talk some block costs. They made some trades. No, not that trade, at least not yet. Anyway, of course, with the trade uh, deadline coming up on Friday. Uh, also, to some other uh, sports happenings, maybe some sports media news, and also to I have a list. Yeah, you do. Uh, so uh, yes, it has a list, and also to old school TV Monday. That and a whole lot more coming up next. With Tina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago. Wrapping things up after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, 
Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow Yo Shuli on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's Lakina. Tries to get her visual issues uh, together. I can tell you that you can follow her on the Twitter at Kina, on Kina McGee. Once again, at Kina McGee. Sorry about that. I dropped something. I didn't want y'all to look like I uh, see a blank screen or anything like that. So uh, that's why you saw me there. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to be wrapping things up here in uh, just a little bit. But uh, the Blackhawks made a trade, Sid, but no, it's not that trade, uh, folks. Uh, but, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about uh, talk about that uh, first. But the Hawks have been playing pretty well. I know that um, they're trying to move uh, Patrick Kane to the Rangers. You know, that deal, you know, he's already left the team. That's the the we're going around. They actually have a game tonight against Anaheim. I'm, uh, you know, I'll interested to see what happens again. We'll, we'll talk about that, that trade that they did with, with Toronto in just a second. But I want to go back to Friday's game, you know, for the Hawks, if we can. Uh, let's see here. Getting a little, little frustrated, of course. Uh, as I guess I was on Saturday, uh, a 4-3 shootout win over the Sharks. And um, I'm... You know, again, no, 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 Kane, no Taze. Of course, you know, of course, Taze is still uh, going to go through some various uh, health issues still. But probably like the best story to come out of this uh, this game. And I know, so I don't know if you saw this game, but uh, David Dave Goss, who uh, is a 29 year old rookie, his first NHL game. His parents were uh, were in attendance in San Jose. His wife's expecting their first child. He's 29 years old. He scored his first goal in the NHL. This is a, these are the kind of stories that you like to see, especially with you know stories. Hearing stories about guys like you know, like like Goss who are getting their feet, getting to try to get their feet wet, try to get to the big show in years. But mm-hmm. you know they you know gets into the league, you know makes a big you know showing again uh, and uh, score a, a pretty good uh, goal, kind of opener, kind of open things up for the Blackhawks. Yeah, congratulations to Mr. Gus. As you mentioned, it was on, uh, it's, it's a nice story. And not all players are built the same, and not all players' uh, journeys are the same and get into the big show, as you as you would say. But for Gus, uh, I believe he played for the Rockford Ice Hogs. I know yep. uh, he was getting frustrated with the process of not um, making it to, to the NHL. I know he signed a two-way uh-huh. contract, a one-year two, two-way contract for this season. It looks like, obviously, the hard work is paid off. Now, will he remain on the roster for the rest of the year, there remains to be seen. Me personally, I think he should because you're not going anywhere. You're not going to the playoffs. It's all about building for the future. But for this year, it's all about taking for Connor Bedard. But the team is not listening. I think they won their last five games. So <laughs> there you go. But you know, it's a it's a nice story. And the Hawks will have many of those stories coming up. Not everybody from Chicago will be playing for the Blackhawks. But uh, you're going to start hearing more of these stories as the Hawks are trying to, try to rebuild here. Yeah, they're doing just that because they got a big trade uh, with uh, Toronto now. I want to make sure I get all these, uh, all these, uh, all his names right. But uh, of course, uh, they're you know they they acquired forwards uh, Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolov, a twenty twenty five conditional uh, first round pick, a twenty twenty six second round pick from the Maple Leafs in exchange for Sam Lafferty, uh, Jake McCabe, who is a defenseman, a twenty twenty four conditional fifth round pick. And a 2025 conditional fifth round uh pick, you know, two fifth round, uh, two fifth round picks in those last two years. In addition, uh, they will retain McKay's uh salary, about half his salary, and he'll uh, uh Gobolov will be a uh, report straight to the Rockford Ice Hogs. So 
so far, you know, they've been a little bit busy in the, the trade deadline, I should, uh, I should say, for the Blackhawks. Wait for that big one, you know, for Kane or so. Uh, we just see what happens with that. It's all about salary. You dumb but collected more assets if you GM Kyle Davidson. It's been um, the, the storyline all season long. And so and let's see if it frees up some space for that quote-unquote third team that can help out the, the Blackhawks and the Rangers ship this Patrick King trade will go through. Now, the earliest that I, I'm sure you heard this too, Lakita, the earliest that that trade can be executed is on Wednesday. Of course, the trade deadline, I believe, is on Friday. And so mm-hmm. and they also have a little bit more time. So I know that both teams, the Hawks and the Rangers, will try to get their financial situations uh, uh, together. Of course, the Rangers are trying to clear space. They held out a few guys off the, their lineup sheets for the last few games. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't think it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when, W-H-E and when, this trade will occur. I think it's going to be occurring between Wednesday and Thursday morning for me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. It's good. Look, it's like I know you know we've seen like some people say it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, you know, seeing Kaner in a different uniform. But you, you kind of you know you kind of expected this was going to happen. The Rangers mm-hmm. are the team. They need him. They need his. They need his scoring. The last couple of games, they have not looked. <laughs> they've you know shows that they really need him. So. I, mm-hmm. I think your know, trade is going to happen. It's going to come down to the right, you know, right price. So uh, we'll see if Kyle Davidson can uh, put some together. Yep, it's it's all about the future for the Hawks at this point. Can they uh, tank enough to get Connor Bedard? We'll see, but it doesn't look good right now. I'm using air quotes because they won four or five last four or five games. All right, let me show you what happens. So any NHL, uh, any NHL rumors that you want to talk about before we move on? I'll just say this about the Washington Capitals. I saw that game uh, the other night. I know Alex Ovechkin is back. and a piece of love to him and his family. I know he lost his father yeah. uh, a few yeah. weeks ago. So I know Washington is battling for their eighth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. So I just want to uh, say that out loud. But as we said before, Lakina, that, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Eastern Conference from from spots four through nine is going to be tough. Only the top eight would get in. I think the Western Conference is pretty much set, but it's going to be a battle for positioning in the East. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why, you know, you're going to see some big trades. I know there were a couple of big trades that happened, um, uh, you know, throughout the last you know, couple of days, you know, involving some of those Eastern Conference teams. So we'll see if the Capitals can kind of get things going. Um, maybe the Canes might might be, might be pull off a, maybe a trade. I've seen some, a couple of rumors involving those guys. Now, speaking of Ovechkin, if you saw a great moment, you know, that happened over the weekend with his first game back with the team, you know, he surprised a young uh, deaf hockey player, and you saw the joy in that young man's face. If you didn't see the video, check it out. It's you know, you'll be you'll be uh you'll you'll, you'll clear allergies. I'll say that, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think you'll be know, just see that some some names are going to be kind of be, you know, going around here a little bit. I mean, but the Hawks are still in like in last place, not like they're like in like second to last now. So, <laughs> I, I'm sure once Kaner, you know, I'm sure that, that I'm sure they're not going to get the memo saying that look, you guys got to tank at this point. But of course, you want to win. Luka Doncic wants to win. He's on that mindset. But you know, for the better of the franchise, you want to try to get you know get that number one pick. So. We'll, we'll see, but uh, it'll be interesting if, if, if various you know, guys are going to be moved around. I mean, I'm kind of seeing that. Will the Canes do anything? Will uh, the will Dallas do anything? Uh, like you said, I mean, you know, the, the Devils, the Devils. You know, we'll be interested to see if they do anything. Uh, the Maple Leafs, we saw what happened. They got a couple of utility guys from the Blackhawks. We'll see if they do. They mm-hmm. have more moves in up their sleeves. So it's going to be very interesting to see what some of these Eastern conferences are going to do. Because like you said, the, the Western conference is pretty much set. So. It's gonna be yeah, don't forget Colorado. They got back Jack Johnson from the Blackhawks. Yes, they so. did. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, that they need really need him back to kind of give him that little bit of a uh, oof. So they're in third place in the, the central division right now. So I'm I'm looking forward to see if there are going to be other like big names that are going to be uh going to be uh, going around. Yeah, same here. All right, Sid, you got a uh, you listen to second like sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, uh, with you. Okay, Sid, you said you've got another list for uh, us. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, and as soon right. as my screen pops up, this comes courtesy of our guy Tim Kelly from Odyssey Sports. He has his top 15 pitchers to watch for the upcoming 2023 season. I'll just go through the list quickly. At number 15, he has Logan Webb from the San Francisco Giants. He had a 15-9 record with a 2.90 ERA. Number 14, Kevin Gossman for Toronto. Uh, he was 12-10 and 10 with a 3.35 ERA. Checking in at number 13, he has Max Free, who's really surprised everyone from the Atlanta Braves to left-hander. He was 14-7 with a 2.4 ERA. Number 13, Julio Arias from the Los Angeles Dodgers. He had a record of 17-7 seven, seven last year with 2.16 ERA. And at number 11, he has Carlos Rodon. Last year, he played for the San Francisco Giants. Of course, he signed that big free agent contract with the New York Yankees. Last year with the Giants, Mr. Rodon, Former White Sox pitcher posted a record of 14-8 with a 2.88 ERA. Any problems so far? No, no. I like that list. Okay. All right. Checking in at number 10. If this if the screen can uh, get up mm -hmm. here, good grief. I hate these damn computers. All right. <laughs> Checking in at number 10, Aaron Nola from the Philadelphia Phillies. Last okay. year he had an 11-13 record of 3.25 ERA. At number nine, Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Guardians. The Sox beat him twice last year, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a <laughs> record of 13-8 last year with the Guardians with a 2.88 ERA. Mm -hmm. At number eight, Max Scherzer of the New York Mets. He's starting his second year with that ball club. He posted a record of 11-5 with a 2.29 ERA. And number seven, Zach Wheeler of the Philadelphia Phillies. 12-7 last year with a 2.82 ERA. And at number six, Garrett Cole. He was 13 and eight with the Yankees last year with a 3.50 ERA. Any problems yet? Nope. You probably got the yeah, the owner. Yeah, they got the order right. He got the order right. Okay. Here's the remaining top five. Number five, Shohei Atani of the Los Angeles Angels. Pay attention to their name around train deadline time. Mm -hmm. Of course, last year it was 15 and nine with a 2.33 ERA. At number four, we have Jacob DeGrom, now of the Texas Rangers. Of course, yes. he was with the New York Mets uh, last year, and he, he had he had a good year, but, you know, injuries has been his problem the last uh, few mm -hmm. seasons. Of course, last year with the Mets, he had a 5-4 record with a 3.08 ERA. Number three, Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers. He had a 12-8 wow. record last year with the Brew Crew with a 2.94 ERA. At number two, Justin Verlander, now of the New York Mets. Of course, the last three seasons, he was with the Houston Astros. With Houston last year, he won the AL Cy Young over Dylan Cesar, the White Sox. He had an 18-4 record with a 1.75 ERA. And at number one, Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins, uh, last year's National League Cy Young Award winner. He had a 14-9 record with Miami with a 2.28 ERA. Yeah, but yeah, that's an interesting list that they, they have. I'm surprised that they have uh, a contrary uh, up there at number one because a lot of people probably don't know too much about him. I think and they 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 know now mm -hmm. since he won the NL Cy Young. 
he had a lot of innings last year, and, I, and I'm wondering, like, are we going to be seeing a lot of that for him this year? That's going to be, like, the number one uh, question for me with him. So uh, we, we're not – he could be a name, another name that could be moved, you know, for the trade deadline. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's going to be a name. You guys you haven't heard the name already, going to be hearing that name a lot in the next three months, especially as it goes, gets closer, closer to the trade deadline. So that's another thing I'm interested in. Uh, to Grom, are they, he's very fascinating. Can he kind of, you know, give that, that little spark? You know, I think that's kind of be kind of like the thing. You know, Eddie can stay healthy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been the biz, big problem the last three years. So, I'm kind of looking forward to see it. But I have no problems with that list. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Shane Bieber will love to have those uh, get get cracking the socks again, and he will. So, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> he's gonna. I look at. I'm sure he's gonna uh, want to you know make you know, Cleveland even better than they were last year. He were they really didn't really need him too much, you know. But I'm sure they want to take that next step in the AL. I think they're gonna want to have to you know, need a big you know, showing from him. So. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think I'm not too, I'm not too, I'm not too, I don't have no really no issues with that list. I mean, Otani, I think that's nothing there's going to be uh, floating around mm-hmm. too during the trade the trade deadline. So, can he keep it up what he's been doing the last couple of years, especially on the on the mound? His hitting hasn't really been an issue. It's been like mm-hmm. the mound. He's been even better pitcher. So, I'm looking forward to see how much the new the, the new uh, brass uh, for the, uh, the the Angels use him. And of course, you know, will he be gone by this summer? So, you know, going to another team. So yeah, no problems with this at all. All right. Before we get to your presentation to wrap up Old School TV Monday, Black History Month edition, Lakina, did you get a chance to check out any of the live golf coverage locally here in Chicago on the CW, the WGN Channel 9? I saw like maybe like two seconds. I wasn't, and I, and I wasn't really interested. I mean, you know, for those of you, you know, I think like about like 20% of the markets live, you know, CW is not, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some of the markets. So that's going to be kind of like the issue for them. I'm dying to see what the Raiders are going to be, especially for here in Chicago, because we got a lot of golfers here. Mm-hmm. Especially now that they'll be able to play in the majors, how many people will actually tune in. But I, like I said, I mean, it felt weird watching some of those guys. Cause I know some of those, I've seen some of those guys play throughout the years. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be very interesting, though. We'll we'll see. But yeah, I I feel yeah I kind of feel like I don't think the race is gonna be that high for uh for them. I don't I just don't think I will see it happening. I saw five minutes of it. It looks like they were trying to do something different. I didn't I didn't stay with it long enough. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to see if they were gonna air some commercials during the golf broadcast, and I, I, when I turned back, they did. So I don't know what the commercials about. It really doesn't matter anyway. But. Uh, I know this is a new venture for the CW airing a, a, a live sporting event. It looks like right. they're going to do some more of these, but just reading some of the comments on social media, as we always say, take it with a grain of salt, but the many comments that I read, it, it, it slammed the uh, live golf in the coverage. Yeah. Uh, I guess they like the guys that were calling uh, those matches and also to the way they presented. I think the graphics were a little bit weird. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like I said, this is a new uh, venture for CW Sports. They actually have a CW Sports logo. If you saw it, like <laughs> on the screen, it looked a little, it looked kind of weird that like they just put like, sports and put the CW on top of it. That looks kind of looked a little bit funky, yeah. but uh, yeah, that that that's yeah. So uh, they'll figure it out, but uh, you know, but look, Fox didn't. So this this could be <laughs> this could be a recipe for disaster for the CW. Who knows? But uh, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how the ratings will what the ratings will be. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Uh, Lakina, now it's time to wrap up today's show by installing our last edition of Old School TV Monday, Black History Edition. What's our TV show for today? 
All right. Well, we're going to go to the uh, the Big Apple in New York City where uh, Matt Scherzer and, uh, and the gang. Of course, the Ocho Grong used to uh, pitch for the Mets, but we're going to a different part of uh, New York City. Uh, the Bron- uh, Brooklyn, I should say. Uh, what Brooklyn at? What Brooklyn at? <laughs> oh, brother. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> we're talking about the Fox, popular Fox series living single. Yep, the living hey! Fox to come living single aired from uh, August 22nd, 1983 to New Year's Day, 1998. It starred a, a great cast of, you know, well-known, but, you know, of course, you know, rapper Queen Latifah, uh, who was virtually started virtually into active. Of course, you know, Kim Fields, who at the time before then was, you know, best known for her role as of course your know, Dorothy Judy Ramsey on the facts of life Kim Coles of course you know she said she said you know she was in the first couple of seasons well the first season I should say of uh in living color Erica Alexander who is best known for her role as uh Pam on the Cosby show mm-hmm. we'll get we'll probably we'll get to that at some point but yeah I had a yeah, really <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh you know of course also John Hinn of course uh T.C. Carson of course Terrence uh C. Carson, uh, that he's known by now, of course, rounded out uh, the great cast. It was about well, six uh, African American singles living in Brooklyn, all the trials and tribulations. It kind of, you know, it started out with just the four women, but it kind of grew into the two guys as well. So that kind of mm-hmm. led into more of the ensemble part of it. It had 118 episodes on Fox, it was one of the top rated shows on Fox for all five years of that run. Uh, it had great, uh, you know, guest stars and such, and uh. I loved every second of this show. I mean, the, the pilot, of course, they uh, filmed the pilot in uh, the Family Matter Matters uh, uh, set. Of course, mm-hmm. you recognize the, the, the set, the living room, and the kitchen. So, you know, solid pilot there. But, uh, Sid, uh, what do you think about the show? I know, okay, we'll, we'll get, let's get this out of the way because I know that there are going to be some folks that are already going to be talking about the, the French comparisons and such. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I mean, look, both shows were great. The two different shows, you know, for what it was. Yes, you can say, okay, yeah, the creators, you know, the French creators say they got their their uh their uh their inspiration from Living Single. Okay, yeah, they admitted that, but you could kind of say that the you know, Living Single got their inspiration from the Golden Girls. The only differences were that they were all all black and they were just you know 30, 40 years younger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go figure with that. So miss me with the whole French comparison here. That's all I gotta say about that. But say what do you think about the living single and the great show and and uh, sort of like the the great uh, the, uh, sort of like the breakthrough uh, sitcom that it was for uh, Fox and for all the sitcoms in general. Yeah, just to put a, a capper on that Friends comparison, I didn't know this until I started watching some documentaries over the last couple of days. Both those shows were were owned by Warner Brothers, so of course, exactly. if you remember, yeah, Friends were got heavily promoted by NBC at the time. And Fox did a stagnant job of promoting Living Single, so we'll mm-hmm. put a, a, a capper on that. Uh, I stayed with the show through the first uh, about two or three seasons. Of course, that show was uh, heavily uh, was heavily evolved around Queen Latifah and mm-hmm. Kim Coles, as you mentioned from Eleven Color. I enjoyed her work on there, yeah. and uh, the storylines were real. And I like the. I know we'll probably dive into this right now. I'll just get it out of the way. I like the John Hinton character. It, it was him and Sinclair, played by Kim Coles. They had the a sort of a, a a childish, but in a playful adult way relationship. You could tell they really enjoyed their comp, uh, each other's company. That was a good relationship. It was about you. You mentioned just like a different world we talked about a few weeks ago, Lakina. It was uh, six African Americans. All of them had uh, different personalities, different ideas. I like T.C. Carson's character as the smooth ladies' man. He wasn't mm-hmm. a dusty, as some kids would, uh, would say today, uh, due to the negative stereotypes that some people say want to portray uh, black uh, people on TV. Uh, he was a smooth, cool guy. 
Queen Latifah. She was a lady in charge, as the kids today would call her, a boss chick. Uh, she she was ahead of a magazine a uh, uh, magazine uh, uh, with her character was on that show. Kim Coles mm -hmm. was represented very well. Of course, uh, people forget until you got into that series. Kim Fields, you mentioned coming off the of facts of life. Remember, she guest starred on Martin before she got living single as yep. well. And so, yep. and she she was heavily involved in that show, especially behind the scenes as well. So, all those different actors were represented well. Yes, they had their troubles, which we'll get to in just a second. But right. overall, I thought it was a great representation of uh, African Americans on TV because they were one of the first shows that uh, kicked off the comedy side for Fox. Remember, there was a squeeze between Martin. Uh, and married with children at that time on yep. Sunday nights before yep. they moved to Thursdays. And of course, uh, uh, next year is the 30th anniversary of the NFL on Fox. Remember, all those black shows debuted on Sunday nights. And of course, when yep. football came along to Fox in the fall of 94, most of not all those black shows were moved to uh, different yep. parts of the week. Yeah, and I think that's sort of like the nature of the business because that, that kind of helped. That kind of jump started Fox mainstream wise, mm -hmm. if you will. So. Yes. That was one of the reasons why they were moved as such. You know, that was you know, we were brought up, you know, put in like about a billion dollars at the time. That was that was like minuscule, you know, next compared to now. So that's why mm -hmm. a lot of those shows, those African American, oh, all the shows in Germany. I know uh, Mary with Children, they got moved around a lot a couple of times as well. So mm -hmm. they started on Sundays too. Yeah, and they you know, they ended up being moved around to various uh nights around. I think Wednesday was their uh their big night, but uh yeah, I mean, and look, we'll get to well before we get to like the, the deeper stuff, you know, let's get to like the, a lot of the guest stars because there were so there were mm -hmm. a lot of great ones of course i forgot heavy, some of these but yeah, yeah. we'll get to them mm. yeah heavy yeah heavy d of course you'll play uh regine's love interest totally mm -hmm. different from what you know you would think you know, a, a princess like regine would you know bougie i guess who you probably use the word now but look you know to her question you want her black you know ken you know washington or whatever how you want to say it so yeah you know, that yeah that that you know to her you know cheap you know look her she had her standards pretty high but yeah she wanted those standards uh, of course isaiah washington pre Grey's anatomy uh mm -hmm. isaiah washington you know of course play uh khadijah's love ventures you know a doctor you know that kind of a precursor there uh monica of course played a, a friend you know i guess a friend of one of uh their uh khadijah's exes i think that's who he do she uh he who she played of course uh terrence howard uh of course before you know of course he became uh lucius lion of course on empire mm -hmm. uh you know very young you know and during the first season played uh max's uh you don't want to say boy toy because there wasn't really that big of an age difference but he was younger mm -hmm. his character was younger than uh max also, Morris Chestnut, if you guys remember, they actually made this kind of, they kind of like, you know, you know tell this into real life. Uh, you know, his character, of course, appeared in the, in the first uh, part, the first season finale, and then uh, in, in, uh, followed the cliffhanger from uh, the next season, second season. You know, they had this sort of a real life, uh, I guess, you know, phone uh, numbers, you know, to see who, which one his character uh, was, they wanted to go on a date with. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Max or Regine. That was really cool. Of course, we saw. Uh, we saw uh, uh, John Henn doing his best uh, Jerry Lewis impersonation with the, like, the telethon and such. Of course, and uh, they actually, for what uh, for what uh, Kim Fields said, they actually uh, filmed like you know, three different versions for that. So okay, I, I read that. So I, I guess you know the other that part I didn't know. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, oh, the other two have not have been never been released. So we'll see if they have the release at some point. But yeah. You know, also Dean King, of course, appeared as, as, as himself. Of course, he was doing Lewis and Clark at the time. Also owned by Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Arthur, Arthur Kent, you know, was playing like, kind of like a little vamp, like a client that, a citric client that you know, Kyle. Wow. They yeah. <laughs> I can't do it, but but yeah. <laughs> that's what she's known for. But from, from the old Batman TV series back yes. in the sixties. Yes, TLC. Of course, you know, appeared over. I remember that episode. Remember, um, 
uh, what was what's Kim Cole's uh, character? Sinclair. She was Sinclair. in the band with Nova Taylor, and they were they were dancing. She's like, "Get your waterfalls shaking asses out of my room." <laughs> I love that. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Like, get out, get out, get out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, this is for me. Uh, Shamar Moore, of course. You know, in between, uh, uh of course, uh, YNR. Uh, he a- appeared. Of course, he actually helped. Uh, uh, Sinclair and Overton cast uh, become intimate for the first time, so that was a pretty funny episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Brian McKnight, of course, he p- appeared as himself as, of course, Max and uh, Kyle broke up. So yeah, just some, it was just some of the uh, the guest stars that that uh, appeared on the serial a lot, kind of like before they were stars in some cases. But uh, yeah, that was a pretty, uh, you know, sort of like a who's who uh, back in the day. But yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool how that show uh, kind of like you know, paved the way for some of those stars before they were big stars. Yeah, and I forgot this, and I watched the uh, the various vignettes over the weekend. Will Ferrell was a guest star on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheryl Miller, I think I remember this episode. Remember, could, yeah, the if you know about Queen Latifah's story, she yeah. played. She was on the basketball team at her high school before she started rapping. So there was a connection there. Also, too, Gladys Knight was a guest star on that show. Mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall, Mark Curry, uh, Bradford Marcellus. Uh, we Grand won't go through all the names here, but Grand Rosie Hill. O'Donnell. Hmm? Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell, of course. Yeah. His friend, uh, Grant Hill played it himself. Yeah, uh, I remember that one. Yes. His love yeah. interest, of course. You know, he, he said, I remember he said that he gets like, a lot of uh, cues from that, you know, just as much as he does from his, uh, his basketball, his commentating on uh, basketball. So yeah. <laughs> he gets mm-hmm. called that a lot. But uh, but yeah, but unfortunately, just like other hate sitcoms, they had their roadblocks too. Uh, there were some clashes between uh Queen Latifah and uh, Kim Fields. Supposedly, that's why Kim Fields left halfway through the last season. Supposedly, these are just mm-hmm. rumors. But they they patched things up and such, you know. But at the time, you know, the Kim Fields left to go to uh, future endeavors, but. I mean, look, they, they look like most hit sitcoms, no matter what they are. I mean, they, they, you know, they're, they're not immune to drama. So, but, but, it, but they, they kept, they kept it pretty tame. You know, we didn't find out about this till like, we saw the, all the various documentaries that have come out about it and such. So, yeah, you know, they, they kept it, they kept it professional, which is good. And it, and it made up sense. So it, it's, it, it turned out okay for the best. Yeah. So it was a great representation of black professionals because we haven't seen that before. Or or sins in the common comedy realm. I remember John Hinton. I uh, saw uh, uh, some of his stories on on YouTube. Uh, he remember he was uh, he did some guest vignettes on the Tonight Show yeah. with Johnny Carson. That's how he's got his mm-hmm. big break. He did a couple of spots for MTV at the time yep. as he was trying to make the rounds. And that's how he got his job at Living Single. TC Carson had a movie out at the time. I forgot what it was called. But remember, for you young folks watching and listening, there was no social media. There was no internet. There was uh, uh, none of that back then. He had to listen to the radio, watch the TV, read newspapers and magazines to see what movies were coming out back then. You didn't have to download an app like you, you like you do now. But TC Cars, I didn't know this until I watched uh, some of his stuff this morning. He was from Living Large, thank you, Lamont. Living Large, yeah. And TC Cars is from Chicago. Mm-hmm. He went to the University of Illinois. Yes, he did. The so hometown guy making it big. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I did not. Yeah, I knew that about him. He actually grew up not too far from uh, Champaign. So. Uh, that was mm-hmm. a you know a Chicago guy, so you know that that was a did not know that about him until I saw the uh, they were actually you know explaining like the you other know, such, but uh yeah mm-hmm. it was oh, really cool, but yeah like I said I mean it was you know a great representation of uh I me mean, like I said you know black professionals twenty some professionals especially you know going mm-hmm. through you know living you know dating and all that stuff I mean you know of course you know, you know Max had her pregnancy scares uh Sinclair over to her trying to figure out the right time to be intimate you know for the first time yeah. uh you know. 
look, you know, she wanted her, like her rich millionaire. She did, you know, Don Franklin, of course, you know, Sequest mm-hmm. amongst some of the other shows he, he appeared in. Of course, he's still, I think he's on a streaming show too, if I'm not mistaken right now as, as, you know, as we speak. But yeah, of course he played a love adventures. Of course, you know, she got her happy, happy ending. Actually, all of them did. I mean, uh, you know, Khadijah, of course, Cress Williams, you know, Black Lightning, a pre-Black Lightning, Cress Williams played her uh, mm-hmm. on, on a Galfigan, uh boyfriend. Uh, of course, they ended up being happy as such. But yeah, I mean, it's on Hulu, it's on HBO Max, you know, various other uh, streaming services. So you can find it. I think it's on still on Bounce TV and on TV One still uh, re-airing it right movies, now. Yes. So, yeah. so you can catch it at various places. Yeah, various places. But they actually, I remember this was last year when they would celebrate the 30th anniversary of the show. They said that you know they would be against doing a possible reboot. Yeah, I, I saw the interview with Kim Coles. Uh, I actually I watched it last night. You can go, if you're on YouTube, look it up. Kim Cole's being interviewed by Kevin Frazier of Entertainment Tonight. And she mm-hmm. says she wouldn't be against it. She's like, if I if the script is right and I'm getting paid right, I'll be up for it. I'm wondering though, how would you do uh, look? I'm sure if you pay her enough money, I'm sure you gotta you think Queen Latifah will make an appearance. She's busy doing uh the equalizer now, which mm-hmm. is a big hit for CBS. So yeah. I'm sure she'll probably make an appearance and such, but uh, I know I know uh uh Kim Fields doing the upshots on Netflix. They just started their new uh, their third season mm-hmm. on Netflix. So you can check it out right now, streaming right now on Netflix. Um yeah, I mean, what would you do there? Do you can would it be like living married or like you know, they, this kind of thing was some of be divorced or something, you know. We know uh Max and Kyle had a kid, you know, the, the kid with a daughter on half and half. Do you you know, you know do you kind of chase that because a lot of people didn't watch half and half? So it'll be interesting, like, how would you do that? How would you do a reboot? Do you do, like, a whole new version of it? Do you maybe just hit, make them be the secondary characters? So it'll be interesting. If, if they do a reboot, how would that work? Yeah, and you, you have to center it around Overton and Sinclair's relationship, you would think. Right. Because everybody, that was a big, that was the sort of like the big sell, the big draw. So mm-hmm. would they have had kids by then? You know, would they be, you know, maybe their kids are probably starting to kind of, you know, go out on their own and such. I mean, enough time has passed. So they would probably be in their 20s right now. So yeah, I, you I would think. Yeah, yeah, you I would mean, think. I don't know. But yeah, we'll, we'll see if they do bring one. I want to know. I know Bentley Browser, who created this series, though, she would be against it. But, you know, the timing you know, hasn't been right. So, and then, uh, the right, the, of course, the right script. All right, our buddy I'm... Lamont says, uh, "Leave it alone. Let it stand." as a great show. Well, uh, as of right now, uh, there's talks about it, but we'll see. We'll see because I know there's a new generation, as I mentioned, they're watching it now because I know it was, it was airing on Bounce TV. It's mm-hmm. still airing on TV One, so we'll see what happens. If they do it right, I'm all for it. But then, like you said, like yeah, then if they're not going to do it right, just leave it alone, like Lamont said. And it's streaming every, like I said, it's streaming on Hulu, HBO Max, I know various other spots as well. So you can, you can find it. If you haven't looked at it, look, haven't checked out yet, you can find it, you know, and such. So, yeah. So our uh, as we wrapped up Black History Month, Old School TV Monday, we uh, we uh, salute the Fox hit sitcom Living Single. Great job, Lakina. Great Thank job. Thank you. Okay. Well, take us out, Sid. All right. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. Make sure you download our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. 
Don't forget to catch Second City Sports live in living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as the kids would say. Catch Second City Sports live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. And, of course, don't forget we are also on Roku TV. Of course, you'll celebrate you know, with the squad and give the program and join the winning team on Roku. Of course, you can go... You know, whatever apps you, whatever uh, uh, device you got, whether it's your phone, mm-hmm. you know, you know, your Chromebook, your PC, you know, whatever you have, it's all right there. Uh, you know, look it up on uh, Roku on the on the app store, and it's all right there. Our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas, what's up, cuz? I know they're going to be uh, talking about a lot of uh, college hoops tonight as well, also NBA as as well tonight. So you can check them out at six o'clock right here on Sports on Chicago. Yep, for Lakina. And for everybody who's been watching and listening to our program, thank you so much for the support. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to tell your friends, tell your neighbors, sound like Paul Carrollson, tell everybody, including the haters, to listen to us and watch us on Sports on Chicago, Second City Sports. All right. For uh, stay dry out there, folks. I know it's been uh, very rainy in some parts of uh, here in uh, Illinois and also other parts of the country, too. So stay safe, stay dry. Uh, be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. We are living single. Do, 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 da. Holla. Yeah, and also, too, she Erica and I said did not do that dance. I know a lot of people have been saying that she did the dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did not. So <laughs> we'll see you guys Friday. Do that one more time. All right, said. All right we out. <laughs>